Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. Hello. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world, the barbecue and grilling. We are broadcasting live from the shores of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city and maybe World Series Championship City, Cleveland, Ohio, baby. Come on. Here we go. Hey, you want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter because, well, you probably didn't get the newsletter because it didn't go out. Not from my volition. Not my fault. Had a little bit of a, what do you call it, software hang-up with eye contact, but we've got it all worked out going forward. So instead of getting the advanced newsletter, you'll probably get the reminder newsletter a little bit after the show has ended tonight or maybe at some point tomorrow morning. So nevertheless, coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the first 
Tuesday of a new month, that month being November. I've said it before, I've said it again, and I'll say it now. 2016 is rapidly coming to a close, so we will be joined by the good barbecue doctor in his regular spot, Ray Lampy, with the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. And then at 9.35, we will have first-timers to the show. They are named David and Bethany McAllister. You, if you were at the American Royal, would know them as your 2016 American Royal Invitational Grand Champions 913 Barbecue. We'll be in the house. We'll be recapping the fun and potential frivolity of the American Royal Invitational with them. We might talk about the Open, but they won the invitation, so we'll do that for sure. And then we'll scoot on over to the second hour at 10.14. He was also at the American Royal this past weekend. I would say, by and large, large is not a pun, but he is one of the larger personalities as it relates to the visibility of barbecue and grilling in general. The pitmaster of Ponderosa Barbecue. You've seen on Barbecue Pitmasters and other... uh, very widely nationally known syndicated talk shows like Steve Harvey and Harry Connick Jr. That guy's got a show, and I'm still in the basement. Mo Kason joins us at 1014. Big Mo. And then we'll round out the show at 1035 along with great barbecue competitions this past weekend. There was also the Steak Cook-Off Association's grand finale coup de gras situation down in Texas. Joining me to talk about their $15,000 award-winning steak are the, do you say pitmasters for the steak? We'll have to get into the lingo with those guys. I'll call them the grill masters of Team Poncho and Lefty Stakes, Roland Escobedo and Justin Swain join me to close out the show. Your SCA National Champs. Is it World Champs? There's like 100 steak cooks out there in Texas this past week. Are you kidding me? 216-220-0966. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Again, Ray Lampy, David, and Bethany McAllister from 913 Barbecue in your first hour. Mo Kaysan, Roland Escobedo, Justin Swaim in your second hour. Looking forward to that. All right. Hey, the show's live, right? We all know it. You're all watching. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's deciding whether or not they really want to go watch game six of the Major League Baseball situation right now the tribe sucking hind tit down three zero let me tell you i caught that first inning i was very disappointed in the outfield come on man that's eighth grade crap that you let happen out there diane are you kidding me hold on a second let me refresh All right, Diane's having fun at my expense. That did not happen. Come on, Diane. Uh, so they're leading 3-0 right now. Wait, what? Is this a joke? Let me refresh again. Oh, no! Get that pitcher out of here. 
If I've said it once, I've said it again. Cleveland has the flair for the dramatic. We're just we're just edging for a game seven. That's all it is. Don't worry about it. I got it. Unless we come back and win, then we were really just ready to end it in six. But you know. Game six doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. This game doesn't even matter to us. Come on, man. It's too late, Diane. I already refreshed. Um, there you go. Uh, the show's live. Let everybody know that it is uh, off and running. The BBQCentralShow.com for audio. OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch dash now for live video. Roku as well. If you're following me on social media to any form or fashion, you will know that finally the maker of the art flame, Denver Cavins, made it up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, weather permitting, because it was a fabulous slightly overcast day this past saturday but 72 degrees and we cooked on that thing for like three four straight hours it was an absolute fun time thank you to denver for coming up Uh, we did some great video and uh, i think we got some audio too but i took a instagram video this is my first taste of whatever viral means for in my in my standard, that video for me went viral. It had Snake River Farms steaks. By the way, shout out to Snake River Farms for uh, donating those succulent steaks for that cook and burgers and hot dogs. By the way, but in the shot, there's the four Wagyu hamburgers. There's two fillet and there is a strip steak. I don't know. It might be a twenty second video. Just on my Instagram account alone, just on mine alone, the thing was viewed or has currently been viewed over 20 or 25,000 times. And then some food blogger in South America, I think, reposted my video. He's damn near close to 100,000 views. I mean, certainly it's no millions upon millions of views like those kooky kids get on YouTube. But in my world, that's a viral video. We've done it. It's, it's like people have never seen, well, perhaps rightly so, because people have never seen a grilling or a cooking unit like this. You could obviously get into the debate of is it really grilling, is what you know, is there smoke flavor, all this stuff, you know. A conversation perhaps to be had for a different day. I, I can tell you that there is a cavity in the middle and there is wood a burning and a burning. We burned through a lot of wood Saturday. And there is smoke coming right out of that thing like you wouldn't believe. So by most experts' definition, in order to be barbecue, there has to be wood smoke. So there was wood smoke prevalent in all of those many hours that we used that thing. And it, dude, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to get one, And we can go over pros and cons here, as time would allow, either in the second hour uh, or even maybe next week. I should have some video also of that grill in action, that cooker in action. It's heavy. So if you get one, make sure you have very strong friends. The bowl on that thing, it's two pieces. You have a pedestal, and then you have the bowl. The bowl itself was like 250 pounds. Carbon steel, man. Carbon steel. Like these pipes, carbon steel, right? Holy moly. I mean, it is not going anywhere. And solid, 
And we got it probably closest to the flame or closest to the inner wood cavity. We got it up 450, maybe 500 degrees, so good grilling temperature. Actually, a little hot for me. I've kind of gone more to the lesser degrees of grilling, not so rocket hot, by the way. And uh, let me tell you, that thing cooked really good. Really, Check out the Instagram video. See the sear on that thing. I mean, it is cast iron quality sear, no doubt about it, and a ton of room. It was fun. Thanks to Denver again. Appreciate you. Artflame.com, snakeriverfarms.com. Look, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. How about that? Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by creating an award-winning line of championship rubs. The rubs have won almost every major barbecue competition, period. BPS also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. To find conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, the King of the Smoker coming up soon, that brings the best of the best and a barbecue head-to-head and a back-to-basics competition. King of the Smoker unique in the fact that contestants can't use electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit miners. Contestants just allowed to use charcoal wood in their wits to win one of the most high-stake barbecue competitions around. The other one that they do is the guinea pig. It's cost-controlled, helps bring in newcomers and veterans alike, also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentives for people to stay in it, not just do it once and you're done. On top of all that, Big Papa's created the unique brand ambassador program that everybody wants to get a part of. The BPS Elite Team featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this Within six years of being in the business, turning competition on its head, creating unique competitions on their own, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. And I'm telling you right now, no names please, there are much bigger things about ready to jump off with Big Papa Smokers and some of their partners, and I'm going to leave it at that. The website is BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Sign up for the newsletter. They're always... Uh, doling out deals, shipping deals, buy this many, get this much free, all that good stuff. They're ready to serve you. Check them out. BigPapaSmokers.com. We're back with the doctor's visit. Ray Lampy, Hall of Famer, coming up right after this. Stick around. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
All right, welcome back to 162200966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. They got big ones, they got medium ones, even tailgates. We're headlong into tailgate season right now. You can check out GreenMountainGrills.com. Also, they can provide pellets to fire those cookers. So it's kind of like a one stop shop for pellet cookers. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Let me make sure I got my situation set here. Oh, I don't. Let me do this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, Ray Lampy is in this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm pretty good, Greg. How about you? Good to hear you. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Appreciate you taking time out on Game 6. So uh, maybe you're DVRing and you have no idea what's going on. But we know, and nobody knows more importantly than me, and I guess you, that uh, barbecue comes first no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I just turned my TV off for a while. It was so important to have this interview, Greg, I turned my TV off. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, certainly I appreciate that, and I know that, and nobody nobody appreciates that more than me as a guy who's hosting a web show in the middle of Game 6 World Series. Uh, But nevertheless, so let me ask you right off the top, Ray, um, I try and keep my finger on trends and pulses and all this other stuff when it comes to barbecue, whether it's competition or some new cooking technique or uh, perhaps even better for all of us, some like new proteins. Now, these aren't new, obviously, and I've heard of some of these and more of your, uh, let's call it exotic. Uh, like, uh, So what I'm getting at is oxtails, oxtails, and beef cheeks. And I've seen oxtails kind of up on a meat shelf at BJ's uh, Wholesale Club every once in a while. And then I want to say I see them in, like, uh, is it Jamaican uh, restaurants or yeah, something like that? Definitely. So, But I've seen them more and more just barbecue Facebook and barbecue message boards in general. So uh, as somebody who has zero experience with that, uh, what can you tell me about them? Are they good barbecue stuff? Are you seeing this as a fad as well? What do you know? I haven't heard so much about oxtails. Uh, cheek, beef cheeks, yeah. Beef cheek is the same kind of meat like a brisket or it's got a lot of collagen in it. It's a tough, tough piece of meat. Really does well braised. You, you see them in the in England, actually. They they have them pretty regularly. The barbecue joints have them. Um, we don't, it's not something we see here very often. I don't know why we don't see it in a supermarket because it's really a good piece of meat for braising. Um, which is what I like, you know, I love doing that. And it's certainly a cousin of cooking barbecue. So that I can see. Matter of fact, I judged the Jack last week or whenever it was. And one of the anything but entries we had was a little bowl with some mashed potatoes and gravy and some kraut on the side and a piece of meat that we thought was beef cheek. And it was probably smoked and then braised for a while. It was delicious. It was the best thing we had. Uh, hell, it might have been the best thing I ate all day. It was really good. So to me, cheeks are, are totally make sense. It would work well. I would cook it like a brisket. Obviously, it's a lot smaller. Oxtails, I don't get that for cooking barbecue. Um, 
smoke them and make soup out of them or something. There's just not much meat on them. Uh, are they both similar in mouthfeel and kind of that? So when I see it, and the especially like the oxtails that I've seen cooked as they start to kind of do the whole food porn, pulling the parts off, and they right. seem to visually, they seem to have like this unctuous, rich kind of, you know, fatty in a good way type of a situation. On Is that correct to assume? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why you get good gravy and it's a good thing to, to braise. Um, brisket braises really well too. If you ever, you know, got a piece of brisket laying around, you don't feel like smoking it, try cooking it like a pot roast. And what you get is this gravy with this gelatinous feel to it. Um, when you put it in the refrigerator the next day, the gravy will be completely gelled. Um, so yeah, it's delicious stuff for sure. Like I said, I, I just, I, I have a problem with, if you smoke something, all that great gelatinous gravy making stuff ends up in your drip pan and probably not usable. So uh, with the with the cheek, I can understand it. With the oxtail, it makes no sense to me unless you're going to – I would smoke them for a while and then put them in the pot and braise them. That sounds great to me. But to try to just cook them for the meat, it, it would you're going to go hungry. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. DRBBQ.com is his website. Ray, I think between the last time we visited beginning of uh, – Beginning of October, yeah. Now, uh, beginning of November, uh, there was an Eggtoberfest that had transpired, obviously, uh, well-connected to the Big Green Egg. So uh, two questions. Uh, for the people that don't know or they're just kind of getting into this deal and they're finding out about the cookers, what is Eggtoberfest, and how did this one compare to some of the other ones that you've been to? Because I know there's they're all kind of strewn over the country at this point. Well, you have Eggtoberfest is the original in Atlanta. This was the 19th year uh, Big Green Egg host that. The other ones are Eggfest, and, and they're just, they're all over the country. There's like 30 of them this year. Similar, but but not the big mother of all like Eggtoberfest is. Uh, Eggtoberfest started out, I first went 13 years ago, and it was a couple hundred people in the backyard of this bar. It was a cool deal. It's everybody just shows up to basically worship the egg and cook on it and talk about how cool it is. And I mean, it's it's a little weird, it may seem, but I'll tell you, it's a good time. Now it's up to 5,000 people and, and 200 plus eggs cooking and celebrities and, and bands and all this stuff going on. But it's still basically all about worshiping the egg and it's a good time. Is everybody supposed to? Is everybody that goes, um, I guess, not required? But does everybody want to bring their egg, and or is it just? No, no, the eggs are all there already. Wow! Nobody has to bring their egg. They put out. It was two hundred plus eggs. The only ones they they put up for sale are the largest, but they put them up for sale. And this is common at or typical at the egg fests as well. Um, they they pre sell them, knowing full well that you're going to have a one day used egg. And it's usually a pretty good deal, a couple hundred dollar discount. The egg gets used for a day. And honestly, if you want to go use that egg specifically yourself, you can. So, no, the eggs are all there. The people show up with coolers full of meat and tents. And there's, typically every site has got a couple chairs, an eight-foot table, and an egg. And you show up whatever else with whatever else you may need for the day. And then there's a bar with beer. I don't know. They get so many drink tickets and and uh, I mean, there's just you don't have to bring everything except a bunch of meat. It's amazing. Two hundred and fifty or so people will show up with hundreds of dollars worth of meat 
And the only purpose is to cook it and give it to other eggheads just to show off how good you are and just mm. to join in the party. It's it's amazing what it's evolved to. Are there intertwined competitions and, you know, like we're going to do uh, some of them are going to be sectioned off for a little rib cook or a little, you know, steak cook or something like that? I don't get too involved in that. I know there's a there's some awards given at the end. I'm not really sure. I think it's a people's choice thing. Um, I, I don't really know how they do it. I, I, I'm always against that kind of thing because think about what I just described. Nobody's, you know, very few people are there to try and actually win the competition. Most of the people are there just for the fun of it. And then, you know, it kind of, to me, it gets serious. Uh, I should, I think any prizes they have should just be a raffle. Um, that's my feeling about it, but I, so I don't really know. There's a, there's a competition, but believe me, that's not what it's really all about. Ray, I don't know if you've noticed, but Facebook has put in this option now where people can just go live at the drop of a hat. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you want to broadcast you uh, changing makeup or doing your hair or who knows what else. Uh, Facebook has put that potential liability in everybody's fingers that wants to do it. So you guys have kind of taken advantage of this recently. You were up in Chicago and you were with Famous Dave, and you were with uh, Dave Raymond, uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, and you were kind of touring, were they like the uh, the old barbecue haunts or kind of like the backbone of Chicago barbecue, or what was the, I guess, what was the concept? And then, I guess more importantly, how did you find using that technology and any feedback that you got? Yeah, the event was cool. Uh, it's Famous Dave's thing the famous dave grew up in chicago as did i as did sweet baby ray dave raymond or the chicago area i should say but dave actually has this great history that his dad was a barbecue freak and dragged him around to all the places in chicago the old barbecue restaurants that weren't necessarily in the good neighborhoods and they weren't in the neighborhoods where dave lived but his dad was a barbecue freak the way he tells it and he always went to these places so Dave has talked about all these places for years to me. You can't sit with him without hearing about Eddie's Barbecue and uh, and Lem's is the one, one that we went to there. And I-57 uh, Barbecue and, and Honey One is a little bit newer place, but it's a big deal. So Dave wanted to do this. So famous Dave's of the Chicago area, uh, the franchisee that owns a bunch of stores, said, I'll, I'll pay for this. Let's go do it. And Dave can show off the real Chicago places because Chicago, you know, we we decide is not known as a barbecue place, right. but it certainly is. These places have been there for a long time, and there is a very distinct barbecue style of Chicago. And if you watch those movies, those those Facebook Live videos, you will see that it's these aquarium smokers, which really cook direct, and it's about twenty eight inches above the fire. It's a raging wood fire, and it's that the glass enclosed cabinet where the food is very distinct you'll see these around town if you ever go to cozy corner in memphis they have one you'll see these in other places too but in chicago certainly on the south side it was the way people cook barbecue and the way you control the fire is you have a hose there and every now and then you just hose it down uh one of the movies you hear uh, uh mr robert the pitmaster from honey one say that he liked to burn red oak because it allowed him to 
it hold, held the water well. And I'm talking he's talking about <laughs> when he hosed down his raging fire. It was yeah. really interesting. And of course the the rib tips are a huge deal in Chicago and always have been my whole life. That's what we eat. Um, eat ribs if you could afford it, that was fine. But rib tips is a big deal in Chicago. And if you watch those movies, you saw tons of that too. So, and it was my God, hanging out with famous Dave and Dave Raymond. I mean, and Barry Sorkin joined us, and Gary Wiviet, and uh, oh, who else? I don't, I don't want to forget anybody. Jared and, and Meathead and and Dane Neal and Beth. I mean, we man, it was fun. They took us around on a bus to three of the old places, and and it was just a cool time. So. To me, I have the perfect life for stuff for social media in general, and particularly Facebook Live. I'm really trying to do more of it because I think it's so fun. Um, it, it was ideal, you know. If you watch that, it was you don't get to go behind the bulletproof glass at Lems and hang around, you know. I mean, I I never been back there before, so it was so cool to go back there and to kind of be able to share it and and I I just think it's cool and the stuff lives on as well as a video. But what I try to do is post. A minute or so ahead of time saying hey i'm about to do this facebook live because i don't really know how it works with facebook how it pops up and they promote it and stuff but i like to uh alert people that it's coming and, and i've had a lot of good results people a lot of people watch it and i think it's a lot of fun I, i'm trying to do more of it i first learned about it from the girls in england uh, the marketing team from girl stock danny and and kelly were the ones telling me all about it and showing me how to do it and I know they were a little bit ahead of us on it, I think, but it's a big deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. AskDRBBQ.com, the place to go if you have a question you'd like to submit for us to answer in an upcoming show. Uh, let me see here. Let me ask you. I'm trying to debate whether I want to go into some Facebook questions yet or ask you a few more uh, other questions. So let me ask you. Uh, two weeks ago, so this past weekend was the American Royal. And then the week before that was the Jack Daniels. Uh, Tuffy Stone wins back-to-back Jacks three out of the last four years. He's had an incredible run down there in the holler. And you are tabled up with Johnny Trigg, uh, Q. Wow, Pat Burke. And you, you're all sitting at the same table, yeah. right? I mean, talk about a who's who of barbecue and uh, and just how you guys have seen it from start to, to where it is literally seen it from start to where it is today yeah i mean you know johnny won two jacks way back you know it's going back pretty far now um yeah it was really cool to sit with those guys and actually the guy in between me and mike uh wozniak was robert reeves robert is a, a newsman in in huntsville but he's been judging the jack for like 20 plus years so robert certainly fit in as a legend in that at that table as well and then we had a new guy with us colonel somebody or other a, a military guy that got invited to judge and he was he was cool too but yeah it was pretty fun a lot of people wanted to take pictures of us at that table um, to me, the Jack, you know, honestly, I guess the beauty of it, it hasn't changed much. It, it, the names are different, and frankly, I'm embarrassed. I don't know many of the, the top cooks anymore. You know, I know Tuffy, of course, but um, I don't know many of these newer hot shot guys, but it doesn't matter. It's still the same thing. It, it's, you know, the, 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 the aura of the whole thing is just unmatched. Uh, right. Let's go to – well, let me ask you something quickly about the American Royal. Um have you heard, because it was at the Kansas Speedway this past year, it was at the Arrowhead Stadium the year before, but then it had been you know, where it had been you know, all along. So three different locations over the last three years. Have you heard that it, it has maybe found a home at, at Kansas Speedway or anything you've heard about that? 
Uh, no, I haven't heard anything at all. Um, well, didn't they just announce that they're going to build a building out in near the Speedway? Um, I think I heard that. It's been a rumor forever that they were going to build a, a American Royal is going to have a new building out that way. And I think they just announced that. So my guess is the cookoff will move to the new building whenever that's built in the next year or two. But I, I, I haven't talked to a lot of people, but I saw a couple positive results about the Speedway. People seem to like it out there. Hey, it's a nice facility. We used to have cookoffs there years ago. So it's no surprise. Ray, Facebook question from John Knoll. This may seem obvious, but I'm going to ask anyway, just in case I don't know. Uh, how do you avoid losing all of the dome heat when cooking pizza on a big green egg? I saw that question, and I don't, I, I don't really understand. I mean, you know, he's making the assumption that you do lose all the dome heat, and and I don't really have any trouble. I, I, I mean, I don't. That dome is carrying so much heat. I cook my pizzas, and I, and I I did some homework. Of my new book's got some pizza, a whole pizza tutorial in there. And I made some recently. I had the food editor from the local paper over, and she loved them. She thought they were great. I cook mine at about – I cook it right on the grate at the, like, gasket level with the convector in there, grate and pizza stone, and, um, like, about 550. And I don't – I just don't see a need to cook them hotter than that. I don't see a need to cook them higher up in the dome. I just don't know how I could make the pizzas I make any better. Now, maybe these guys are thinner or thicker than mine or something. Um, I just don't know. I, I, I think it really does a great job. I have not had any problem at all. Do you open the, the lid completely in order to jockey the pizza around, or do you do like a little yeah. lift and then a shuffle oh. out? The heat's all in. I mean, it gets heated back up almost instantly. When you open a big green egg, yeah, you lose that that hot air leaves. But that's the beauty of it. That ceramic is is still at 500 degrees or whatever temp it is. And then when you open it, you got to remember that you're giving it some air, so the fire actually accelerates a little bit. So to me, within a matter of a few seconds, it's right back to the temp it needs to be. Um, I do open it. Yeah, I open it because uh, I, I want to spin the pizza halfway anyway. And then, of course, you got to take a peek at it now and then to make sure you don't overcook it or undercook it. But I, I just don't find that to be a problem. All right. Uh, John Calhoun asks, uh, he'd be interested to hear your thoughts on cooking previously frozen pork and chicken from a finished product in a quality perspective. You know, I've never really done like a, a – experiment of it uh in general you want to get fresh meat but what i can tell you is the fresh meat we get you ever go to the supermarket and buy some chicken that's that's fresh but it's actually frozen yeah um i think fresh meat is allowed to be held at like 30 degrees or 29 degrees and it's gonna freeze sometimes so it's not a good thing um you know it's it's pretty hard to avoid it i guess is what i'm saying but i mean if you can avoid it sure keep get fresh meat all the time but I think it's okay. Actually, Adam Adam Perry Lang once told me, he first explained to me that the trick is to get it frozen as fast as possible and defrost it slowly. So it's kind of like turkeys. I'll never forget. I read an article about turkeys years ago, and, and it made total sense to me. So when it's Thanksgiving time's coming up, so do you buy a fresh or a frozen turkey? Well, the frozen turkey probably got killed yesterday, got froze instantly, 
and it's going to stay frozen. Make sure it's round. If I get one that's got a flat side, I'll assume it got defrosted along the way. And that frozen turkey has been handled as best as it can. Now, if I continue to handle it well, keep it froze, defrosted over the course of four or five days in the fridge, I've got a really well-handled turkey. If I buy a fresh turkey, it, it got killed a week earlier and sat around at 29 or 30 degrees, I think I'd rather have the one that I know how it was handled. So I, I, I don't freak out about frozen meat, honestly. If it's handled properly, it's okay. I, I'd rather have it fresh, always, of course. But but sometimes it's not the best thing to, what you think is, is best just because it says fresh is not always the case. All right, Ray, uh, 30 seconds left. Uh, Mike Savino wants to know what your favorite cooking method is Aside from barbecue, bake, fried, broiled, etc. Easy braising. Uh, I talked about it earlier, but braising. Get out that La Crusade and braise those beef cheeks or a pot roast or man, there's nothing better than that. All right, Ray Lampy can be found here on this show uh, every first Tuesday of the month. That's why he's here on November first. Game six of the MLB World Series taking place. His Cubs against my tribe. We'll see how Not that pans Cubs. out. my Cubs. I'm a White Sox fan. Oh, man. sorry. No, no, That's, I'm right. Cleveland. That's right. Go Cleveland. Yeah, baby. Go tribe. Uh, and more importantly, uh, friend of the show. And we'll see you again next month, Ray. I'd see you, Greg. All right. Go, there he is. Go White Sox. Go White Sox. That's right. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Go White Sox. Who the hell are the White Sox? Come on, son. Uh, 7-1, by the way. Thanks to Diane Me for keeping me up to date. A lot of people thought I was going to bag the show. No way. I love you guys way too much to bag the show. Way too much. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the easiest way to step up the barbecue and grilling game. That, of course, Butcher Barbecue. You head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and then let the plethora of accoutrement related to barbecue and grilling really, really, Put you in that proverbial tizzy. Well, what are you talking about? Let me tell you. How about this? You like injections? They got beef injection, pork injection, prime injection, bird booster for poultry. Every kind of injection for every kind of protein. They have it. It is quality driven. It is scientifically proven. It is competition proven and award winning. So, hey, you know it. Then... Before you inject, you want rubs, right? Well, they got plenty of rubs to choose from. They got a cherry rub, a chipotle rub, a private blend rub, a master seasoning secret rub, and a chipotle rub, plus a honey barbecue and a steak and brisket rub. All wonderful. I've tried them each and every one. All of them actually multiple times. We used some this past weekend with the Art Flame. Last but not least... No, not last. Also, there's the sweet barbecue sauce. I always tell you, buy a box of six because it's going to go fast. The flavor profile is outstanding by itself. You can use it right out of the bottle. You don't need to doctor it up, or you can use it as a base sauce and then get loose from there. And then finally, my favorite product ever in the last, I don't know, three, four years, the Butcher's Barbecue Grilling Oils. Now, that is something I used a tremendous amount on Saturday with the Art Flame Grill since we were also trying to season it while we were using it. It had only been cooked on once before. Put it on the steaks. Put it on the burgers. Put it on the hot dog. Put it on everything. Put it on the grilling surface. I loved it. Multi-purpose and, again, shelf-stable. So it can just sit out. It's not going to go rancid. It's not going to go bad. Just use it and abuse it. It's going to be great. 
I do my sunny side up eggs in a frying pan with Butcher's Barbecue Grilling Oil butter flavor. I do. Here's what you do. You head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and you stock up with all of the items I just told you about. Butcher Barbecue. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. All right, stick around. We'll be back with 913 Barbecue to recap the ARI Grand Championship. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them online at CookinPellets.com to purchase. You can also also. Go to Amazon.com as well. Just in case you want to deal with the bigger guys, Amazon.com, you can do it. Download Cooking Pellets app as well. All right, the American Royal took place this past weekend. The American Royal Invitational is the one they do first. And walking away with the Grand Championship, David and Bethany McAllister from 913 Barbecue. Let's go ahead and pull them up here on the hotline. David, Bethany, welcome to the show. And I guess first and foremost, congratulations on the huge win. So before we get into that and kind of dissect mm-hmm. it a little bit, can we get a little background about you guys in uh, in mm-hmm. real life? I mean, it's not often that I get a uh, husband and wife pitmaster, co-pitmaster uh, team on the phone. <laughs> so, you know, a uh, little background maybe about how you guys met, fell in love, and then got into barbecue. Hi, Jay. Uh Mm-hmm. We uh, we met in college. I was a uh, um, bouncer at a bar, and Bethany um, was yeah. She liked to go out a lot, and uh, <laughs> and we just uh, I one night she was walking out, and I asked her uh, to come back at the end of the night to so I could get her number, and she came back. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for her, and. One thing led to another, and here we are, 16 years later. There you go. You trapped her. Good man. Bouncer. <laughs> uh, so how does, I mean, is like uh, barbecue grilling something that you guys just kind of grew up around, you know, separate family stuff, or is this something that you were introduced to later and just kind of caught the buck? Um, I My family didn't grow up uh, around barbecue or anything. It was something that... Um, I had got a uh, um, a Weber. Um, was back in like '05 or '06, and a Weber Smoky Mountain, just an 18 inch. And I bought it on a Wednesday, and um, that Saturday we had uh, like 60 some people come over, and so I was smoking ribs and had no idea what I was doing, and started from there and then you know watching pitmasters seeing that um I, we were both like we could do that 
uh, that looks fun. And we don't have kids or anything, so, it, you know, it's kind of something that we both enjoy doing. And that's kind of how we got into it. Dave McAllister joining me here on the show, 913 Barbecue. So do you guys, uh, you know, share the, the pit duties, or are you, like, co-pit masters, or are you the pit master and she's kind of like, a, you know, 1A, 1B type of a thing, if I can throw out a horse race reference? Uh, Bethany actually just joined me right now, so she'll answer these. All right. Great. Yeah, we, we share a lot of the responsibilities. Um, David usually, he's the night guy. I, I need a lot of sleep, so he gets up at uh, <laughs> 3 or 4 in the morning and gets things started, and then uh, he goes back to bed, and I, I start taking over around 6 o'clock in the morning. I start the rib cooker, make sure everything's under control um, until he gets back up around 7 o'clock, so... Let's go ahead and start recapping a little bit of this past Saturday uh, for the big American Royal Invitational win. You know, depending on who you talk to, the American Royal invite is the one that kind of tells the tale of who is best of the best because everybody there has had to have win uh, has to have won in order to get that invite to kind of go head to head to head. Blah blah blah. One hundred and eighty teams later, um, you know, you guys are in the thick of it. Um, how do you feel about the American Royal Invitational prior to winning? But how do you feel about that one versus, you know, some of those other majors that everybody talks about? Uh, well, I mean, it, it is the best of the best. I mean, everybody that's won a contest in the the previous year has the opportunity to go to that contest. Um, where some of the other ones, you know, it's it's more of a lottery type pick. And, you know, not everybody is there. Um, now most of the top teams in the nation win their seven and make it, but not always, you know, and there's, it's, I, you know, I, it was just like a normal contest for us. So we went to the Jack last year and had no idea what we were doing and fumbled around there. And we were kind of hoping that we would get the draw again this year, but, but we didn't. But that's really the only other one that we've partook in in regards to some of the other top ones that are, you know, that pit, pit masters against each other in that level. This past weekend, uh, overall results 70507, so almost, you know, 7051 overall score. Three points better, more or less, than Tim Shearer's shake and bake. And as you look at the results, 55 or 55th chicken, 26th rib 17th pork third and brisket so you know kind of like from that first call and then working into the last category of brisket a consistent uh betterment or a consistent positive progress in how you guys are, are getting called out bethany what'd you guys think of your cook uh you know starting from chicken and kind of working through those categories yeah i thought the cook overall was one of our one of our better cooks for sure um but I really felt like once we got to the brisket turn in, that that was the, the best meat that we turned in in that day. Um, the tenderness was great, and the flavor, we had kind of been struggling with our um, taste scores this season, but I think we finally dialed that in um, over our past couple of contests, and, and I think we knew we had a great product when we turned that in. You guys get 180 in brisket along with two other teams, uh, Tippy Canoe and Sweet Smoke Q. Is that kind of like an, an icing on the take, uh, the cake to get a perfect score in a competition like this? Yeah, that's our um, first perfect score in, in brisket. 
So we are pretty pretty excited about that. So when we got that call, we, that just made our day. We, we were happy at that point. Uh, David, let me ask you, and because, you know, it's 55 chicken, 26 ribs, 17 pork, unless they're doing some type of a, a weird call-out in uh, categories, you probably don't even hear your team name until you get that uh, 180 in brisket. So as they're starting to do the overall call-outs, once they get past Reserve Grand, like, do you and Bethany have any inkling that you might be the next name called, or do you think, like, there's just no way that you guys are going to get that grand championship? Uh, yeah, we had no idea. Like, I didn't think that there was any chance that we were going to get that. Joe Pierce was uh, Squirrel Like a Pig. He actually leaned back and told me, he's like, you're going to backdoor this. And I just laughed at him and said, wouldn't that be a dream come true? And little do we know, you know, it happened. And I I don't even remember walking down to the stage. It was, it was pretty surreal. Surreal, surreal whatever. Yeah. I mean, so look, it's for the folks that don't know 913, it's not like this is the first contest. I mean, you guys have been fairly dialed in all year. You're actually uh, holding, I guess, the open aside. Uh, but this past weekend at the American Royal Invitation, you win last, the weekend before that, you won as well. You've had, uh, let's see, grand championship in, hold on one second here. I had it right here because I was making sure I had my homework. Uh, Second Grand Championship is many weeks. You won the Border War competition on the 22nd in Kansas. And then you've also GC'd at the Sam's local event in September. You won Smoking on Oak in August. So you're no stranger to winning barbecue competitions. But how does this one rank in compared to even the ones that you've just won this year? Um, I, I got right after um, they called it, it kind of felt like just a normal contest with just a little more flair. But then when you have Tuffy Stone come up and shake your hand and t- tell you congratulations, and and then right after that, um, Darren Worth is standing there and and is really happy for you and stuff, you know that it's it's a different level of contest at that point. Bethany, what are you guys attributing your success to, uh, especially this year, and then obviously you kind of build it up into that American Royal win this past weekend. But, you know, what do you guys kind of hold true to principle-wise to ensure that you are kind of in that hunt every time you go out to compete? It really is um, staying consistent, I would say. Um, You know, people, they give me a hard time for making checklists. I I have a clipboard with everything that we need in our schedule and I think really sticking to that, um, and David and I as a team, um, just the way we communicate, you know, he knows what I need to do, or, you know, we don't really have to talk about it. We just kind of know what we need to do to get the job done. So I, I think those things have really helped us along the way and helped us dial in and, and uh, for our competitions each weekend. David and Bethany McAllister joining me here on the show, 913 Barbecue. We're talking about the big win at the American Royal Invitational this past weekend. Um, have you guys taken any, like, barbecue classes or, you know, anything to kind of help ramp up that barbecue curve, or has it been a kind of trial by fire for you guys? Yeah, I'm a big believer in the, the classes. I, I personally uh, think that, like, it's beneficial to take at least one a year um, I, I think that, I mean, it's obviously helped us. This is our, our third full year. Um, 
and it, and we really ramped up this year. Um, I, I've taken mm-hmm. four different classes, five different classes. Uh, started with uh, Rod Gray's class, um, then we took True Bud's class, and then Travis's class, and then the Can class uh, with Shake and Bake and uh, Getting Basted. Each one, so like, are you just pulling out like one or two nuggets? Is it like going to a sales seminar or something like that for sales guys? Or, I mean, are you learning a wide array of items through each and every class? Uh, the Rod Gray's class was really a great introduction for me uh, because it showed. I but before Rod's class, we were just doing everything like the Friday of the contest. We we didn't really put it together that we could you know, spend, you know, have certain things every night of the week and, and build up to it so that we didn't have as much to do on Friday and everything was a little more organized. And that was really a lot out of Rod's class. But but we utilized Rod's uh, Zero to Hero Rub on a, on a three of our four meets. So it, it's I took that from that class too and, and a little bit of his flavor profile is involved in our stuff too. Bethany, let me ask you the very toughest question here. I mean, you got either men or women who find a interest in competition barbecue and they're using it to kind of get out of the house, maybe get away for a little bit, have a little guy time, have a little gal time, and then you guys are together, you know, probably during the week, and then now here you are going off to a competition, and it's a competition, so you know that the level of uh, amplitude is going to get jacked up a little bit and the competitive juices are going to get flowing. Has there ever been the end of a competition when you guys are bagging it up and you're starting to trek home and maybe it got a little chippy in the cook's kitchen or mm-hmm. on the way back home, nobody's really looking to talk to anybody else? Uh, I'll let Bethany answer this one. <laughs> you know, that, that, could, yeah. that could be a little uncomfortable, I would imagine. <laughs> Uh, it's actually surprising. We, you know, we may argue during the week, but during competition Friday and Saturday, it really is surprising how how we don't argue. I, I don't know if it's because we're kind of in the groove of things, but by the time Sunday comes around, um, I do spend several hours on Sunday running errands by myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have sponsors that you want to mention? Uh, no, we, we aren't really sponsored by anybody right now. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine has a, a IT recruiting firm here in town, that, but I don't know if your listeners really want to hear about him. But I do want to give a shout-out to uh, to Squirrel Like a Pig's Sauce and Randy Robinette's uh, Our Butts Are Smokin's Our Beef Rub because uh, those two have kind of helped Bethany and I this year with our brisket, and we finally got it on point, and those were two of the main ingredients to that, is using Randy's Our Butts Are Smokin's uh, Our Beef Rub and using Squirrel Like a Pig Slap Sauce on our, on our brisket. You'll see them on the circuit as 913 Barbecue, but you can call them the reigning American Royal Invitational winners for the next year. It's David and Bethany McAllister. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You got it. There they are. The king and queen, baby. Yeah. Look at that. Now they sound 
uh, real humble and like it's got man. I'm telling you, just, you know, just one more reason why it would be tough for me to compete. They didn't hear their name one time except in brisket, and I don't know any honest American who would sit there and say, "Well, I didn't hear my name called three times, but it was just this one, and we won it." This thing, it's in the bag. That's got to be like the greatest feeling to think like, man, who knows where we're at? You won. Awesome. 913 Barbecue, your American Royal Invitational winners. Speaking of winners, Coke Shack manufactures some smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard like me or on the competition circuit like uh, David and Bethany, or maybe you're cooking in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing, with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or, again, visit the website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right. Game check. Damn it. Still 7 to 1. Got to admit, the innings are flying by like the rest of the calendar year. We're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All 
right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Email coming in. Blake can't call in tonight. He was a very bad boy. Maybe if he's good, he can call in and yell at you next week. Uh-oh. Don't yell at me. Good Lord. Sorry, Blake. You've been a bad boy and you've been banned from telephones. The Art Flame video is coming. That's a big-ass file, Cavins. Big-ass file. Email coming in from DQ. I went to the American Royal this weekend. It was one of the best events I have ever been to. So much stuff to do. Even got to meet Big Mo and Tuffy Stone. They were so nice and approachable. I recommend going to the American Royal to any barbecue fan. Yours truly, Rue. Thank you, Rue, for writing it. Matt Boer says, Arietta is dealing. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. I might have a very nifty story for you coming up at the top of the second hour that may or may not have to do with vegan brisket upsetting Texans. Yikes. Who knows what I'll be talking about top of the second hour. There were so many nuggets on Facebook. There were hot new hot pepper things that I perhaps will be talking about. Maybe not. But I'm telling you, there is zero end to the amount of craziness that people are willing to do with Carolina Reaper peppers in Balut Jalokias. In the chocolate there, Booter Booter. <laughs> Catfish Cooley coming at you. Remember Catfish Cooley? That guy was great. All right, 216-220-0966 if you want to get on. You can also email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. We'll get a check of the MLB game. When we get back, top of the second hour, I'm going to get some more water. And we will be back right after this. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! 
fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate cookies for wieners. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. This is the Barbecue Central Show, and we talk about everything that has to do with barbecue and grilling. Yepper. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And we're fighting it out with the uh, the Chicago Cubs right now for uh, the World Series championship. Now 7-2. I tell you what, I'm I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it tonight. All right. Bear with me here. Everybody pay attention to the camera if you're watching. I need to fit. Oh. Is that good? I don't think that's too much, right? That's, that's better, I think. I always feel like I, you know, I don't want to be too. Uh, can I? Hold on a second. Maybe I can. I can't cam. Can I pan down? I don't know how to do that. How do I pan down? I don't know. Whatever. I think this is better, right? A little closer, not as, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very stickly looking all by myself. I don't need any help from the camera. That's right. I definitely don't want that. All right, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Still to come on the show tonight, next segment, Mo Kaysan. And then... At 10.35, uh, Roland Escobedo will be joining me and uh, his partner. And I'm not going to remember his partner's name. But hold on. It is uh, Justin Swaim. Sorry, Justin. So that's what's coming up. Now, let me... Oh, What is this? Okay. What did I do with it? Is Sylvie Curry still in the room? Sylvie Curry, are you still in the room? President accounted for, please. Are you here? Color is a mess again? It is? All right, hold on. I can fix that. Uh, All right. Let me lock that out. Hold on. Oh, oh. Oh. Okay, hold on. Stand by, Sylvie. Hold on. Oh, wait. I got to do that with the camera on. Oh. Stand by.
Uh, I think that's as good as it's going to get. Uh, the wrinkles uh, have nothing to do with the color. That's just, you know, a joke on me. Funny, funny joke on me. Uh, all right, Sylvia is present and accounted for. So I don't know how many of you knew this, but uh, I'm not even going to pretend like uh, I knew it because I don't want to do that. I always want to give credit where credit is due, and that is Diane Me Lakehouse. <laughs> So if you go to this website, Cowboy Fire and Ice, and no, it's not porno. Come on now. Cowboy Fire and Ice. Let me tell you about this. Cowboy Charcoal Fire and Ice Women's Championship Barbecue Series. Didn't know about it? Oh, well, let me tell you. Congratulations to our top 10 lady pitmasters. Cowboy Charcoal, America's number one lump charcoal brand. Would like to congratulate the top 10 finalists in the first ever Cowboy Charcoal Fire and Ice Women's Championship Barbecue Series. These KCBS women's teams will face off in a final two part competition at the World Food Championships to vie for $15,000 in diamond prizes. The top ten finishers are... Who's number one? Who's number one? You know number one. Lady of Q, Sylvie Kerr. Come on. So, uh, the series is open to women's teams. The top ten teams are granted a golden ticket to a travel stipend at to attend the World Food Championships. Or they'll face off in two contests. So this is what Sylvie has to look forward to. Day number one, teams will compete in a short two-hour fire and ice grilling challenge in which teams can cook any food, any food, like oxtail, using cowboy lump charcoal as the heat source. The griller's choice will be judged by a panel using the World Food Championship's EAT methodology. And then in day two, teams will compete at the World Barbecue Championship using the standard KCBS-sanctioned rules and processes. The Fire and Ice Series final winners will be determined by the combined points equally weighted from both contests. The Grand Championship will walk away with $5,000 in diamond jewelry. Yeah, you know it. I would love it. Uh, the, let's see here. And if you didn't know, the chase began all the way back in January and it ended, uh, two days ago, 1030. So Sylvie Curry bagged everybody. She is top dog of the 10, those 10, which by the way, Lady of Cube, Midnight Burn, J&B's Barbecue, the Pit Crew, Georgia, Muttley Crew Barbecue, Firehouse Smoker, Tennessee, A Maze Q, Crimson Q, Barbecuers Delight, and Big Dog Big Dog Barbecue, Virginia. Those are the ten that are going to be going down and falling prey to the West Coast Lady of Q. Watch out, you other ladies. Sylvie Curry is coming with a knife. She knows how to play. Good luck, Sylvie. I want to know how that works out for you. All right, here's some other crazy news. That was awesome news. This is crazy news. Vegan brisket upsets Texans 
defending the sanctity of meats everywhere. People on the internet, because where does everybody go when they got to be bitching and moaning? The internet have been getting very riled up over the past few days. The cause of this outrage vegan brisket is served by Dallas Eatery V Eats. Yep, that's right. Vegan Sation Brisket. The whole brohaha or bruha kicked off last week when the Dallas Observer's Food and Drink editor Beth Rankin reviewed the new self-dubbed modern vegan restaurant. She ordered a tortilla-crusted faux chicken dish, mac and cheese, and brisket taco. The brisket is made of sation. The chicken fried steak is made with breadfruit and the salmon sushi made with a curious pink meat with what some translucent and mostly flavorless. Um, I'm just kind of briefly going through here. Ugh. The brisket, which comes in a slide taco or sandwich... Did not, on its own, immediately bring the warm fattiness of classic brisket to mind, particularly texturally. That's hard to say. But on tacos, it made for a fun and tangy bite that was reminiscent of beef. It's not going to fool a pitmaster, but it's something I'd order again. That's when the internet went collectively off a cliff. No! As a meat eater, I tolerate people's choice to be vegan or not, but don't you dare insult brisket by naming a non-meat product brisket, right? Matthew Cobb, the restaurant's Facebook page. Brisket is the epitome of Texas barbecue and all that is meat, so please find another name that's not brisket. Of course it's not. That's why they call it vegan brisket, you dummy. Now, if they called it beef brisket and it was vegan, then you'd have an argument. They're calling it vegan brisket. Can't you people on the internet just get along? There's so much porno to be enjoyed by everybody. How can you be so angry? Come on. All right, Big Mo Quezon coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show. The Barbecue Guru Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control technology, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from any other company? If you're not familiar with how they work, here's the deal. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because, because, Maybe you're a busy working pro like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands and you just don't have that time to sit around and tend pits and throw logs. I get it. The guru also gets it. That's why you can throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs and you're off to do whatever needs you get done. And the guru maintains that pit temperature you're setting it. The guru has your back. You can jump out of airplanes, swim in pools, do it all. They got the CyberQ Wi-Fi. It hooks to the uh, the Wi-Fi of your house. Hell, it generates its own Wi-Fi if you don't have Wi-Fi in your own home. Then, when you connect your smart device, whatever that may be, you can see what your pit temperature's at. You can see internal temperatures of meat. You can make ramp adjustments up and down if you want. You never have to get out of bed anymore if you don't want. You do it to take it off. But other than that, you're pretty much good. The other side of that's the party queue. 130 140 bucks. 
self-contained unit, double-A batteries, runs and runs it runs. You set that pit temperature you want it at, and boom, there it goes. It's the cruise control for automatic pit temperature control devices. It's going to work flawlessly, dare I say seamlessly, with any of the uh, Barbecue Guru cookers that are available, like the Onyx Oven. So here's what you do. You go on over to the World Wide Web, and you check out thebbqguru.com. You check out all their products, and if you have any questions about what to order, you call them directly, 800-288-GURU. Or you call, or uh, I'm sorry, look, if you have any questions about what to order, it can get confusing, I understand. Please call and ask them questions. Don't guess. Don't guess. 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, hopefully Mo Kaysan right after this. Stick around and be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Oh my God. All right, welcome back to the show. This portion being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories. That's right, purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products of Unknown Smoker Accessories keep your gear where it needs to be, at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. Use promo code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, for 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15%. Promo code REMPE, unknownbbq.com slash shop. Now, I just got a very weird email from somebody who I'm not going to say asking if I separate a point from a flat when I'm cooking brisket. What are the benefits? Best, a name that I'm not dumb. Really? Really, Mike? You think I'm going to fall for that? Good try, Mike. Hey, the American Royal took place this past weekend. Obviously, you knew that because we had 913 Barbecue on talking about the Invitational. This guy was there also. You know him as the Pitmaster of Ponderosa Barbecue, really one of the more noticeable and recognizable faces of barbecue today, friend of this show, Big Mo Kaysan joining me. Mo, how are you, buddy? Mo. Mo. Hey, Rod, what do we got on this line? Nothing. That's right. Get that big stuff out of here. That's not good. Rod, who do we have on the line? Nothing. Oh, all right. Rod Gray from Peladim. He's always on the line, just ready to jump in whenever. Well, that's uh, that's disconcerting. Let's punch up Big Mo here on the uh, email. See uh, what the deal is. 
Leave him the call-in number. Ooh. I mean, we were just go. We were just going over like how we were going to connect. He said we were going to use Skype. I've never skyped before with Mo ever. Never. Uh-oh. It would appear if you're the first time listener to the show. I've also never called him. <laughs> uh, Matt Boer saying, "I don't understand why veggie heads want things to look like meat. Like the turkey-shaped turkey foo shouldn't be offensive to them as well. At least unless it is ju- okay. Hold on." I don't understand why veggie heads want things that look like meat, like the turkey-shaped turfurkey. Shouldn't that be offensive to them as well, at least unless it it is just a diet restrict... Oh, my God. Call it end of the show. I'm done. I can't read. Uh, great news from Blake Moody, by the way. Another vegetarian news. Free Doritos Locos Tacos from Taco Bell tomorrow from 2 to 5 p.m. Thanks to a stolen base. That uh, Cleveland Indian, by the way, Blake Moody, is Francisco Lindor. Ooh, Francisco. That's fun to say, Francisco. All right, Big Mo is on the clock. I'll just try his phone one more time. Let the phone ring very unprofessionally and see what's happening. You want to hear what it sounds like when the phone rings? That's what it sounds like. Hello? Mo. Yeah. Rempy. What's up, man? You tell me. That's much, man. Remember when we were supposed to have this interview tonight? Yes. <laughs> yes. Me? Am I? Am I? Am I twelve minutes late or what am I? At? Mm. Uh, well, like maybe five minutes late, but I thought we were going to hook up through Skype. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, how do I go about doing I just pull, pull in, uh, do you email me or do I just want to do it on the phone? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's just, I don't want to risk anything else. I have you on the phone, so let's anchor down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Right man. I'm sorry. Dude. Look at this guy. Oh, sorry. All right, so talk to me. I mean, a bunch of different places that we can go here with the time left, uh, not the least of which, of course, was the American Royal this past weekend. And I have to imagine, given kind of where you started and where this American Royal brings you, it's a little bit different than it used to be. Uh, you know, competing, yes, but there's all this other stuff that probably circles you uh the corporate stuff, uh, obviously well-known now from the TV appearance and stuff. How does this American yep. Royal differ for you than in years past? Well, you know, I've probably only attended the American Royal probably, I mean, this probably my fourth or fifth time. Um, and it was always down at the Kipper Arena, which has, um, you know, it's, just, it's been there forever from the beginning, and it had a great feel about it. It was, um, obviously, it was uh, a lot less space, and everybody's kind of almost top each other, but... It just had that, um, just had that feel. But, um, you know, last year it was at the KC uh, uh, Stadium, the football stadium. They did that for about a year, and then they came out here to the NASCAR track. And, you know, it, it actually, I liked it. I liked the room. It was a lot of room. Um, it, it, it is a different feel, right? um, you know, because it's so spacious. But um, um, you can really tell, like, on um, uh, Saturday, um, you know, you know, obviously Friday night a lot of people came in, it was packed, and, you know, all the locals coming in and come see their friends and family and everything. And, 
And so, but uh, Saturday it was it was pretty it was pretty quiet. I mean, you know, Saturday night, man, probably seven o'clock at night, it was just like a ghost town compared to Friday night. And you know, and that's kind of like that. It's kind of like that anyway. Or even when a camper was, or Friday night's always like a big night for partying. But it just had to feel like when you was out a camper because there's such you know so little space. Everybody's just kind of hustling, bustling, and elbows running. You know, I mean, everybody's on top of each other, which is it just adds to the. Um, it was just a great feel that it was down at Kemper Arena. But uh, I, for me personally, I like the room down at the um, the NASCAR track. Um, so it was uh, it, it was nice for me, I guess. Uh, Mo, how much is like company or business obligation this weekend, and how much is like doing what you want to do? Uh, it's both. I mean, I'm, I'm there to compete. Um, I'm also there with uh, my great friends of Smithfield and and uh, going out there and. Uh, like that's my buddy and I, we we are pork uh, ambassadors for Smithfield. We've been working for Smithfield for three years as far as uh, promoting the pork rib program. And so, you know, we're working too, you know, but kind of we're doing both. But it's basically, you know, work and play. But, you know, working with Smithfield is so great that it's just, just it's like fun anyway. Mo Kaysan joining me here on the show. Mo, I'm, I'm a little in and out on your phone. I'm going to hang up and then call you right back. Hey, right, buddy. All right, man. Brutal. That's the worst thing about technology. Cell phones blow no matter what. They just suck. I hate it. The worst. Hello. Whoa. Yo. Yeah. All right. There we What's go. Up, man? Um, what do you think you were able to really... I'm sorry. Let's talk about... Uh, well, recap your weekend as far as like the cook and stuff. How do you, you know, how do you feel you did? Were you happy with the results? Stuff like that. Well, you know, I said again, this is probably, I think my fourth or maybe fifth time I've cooked the royal. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's just time to, you know, I, I'm serious about it, but I want to have fun. But I've never really done, um, you know, that well at the royal. I mean, you know, I'm just, I just, this is how it is. It's, uh, it's a it's a crap sheet um, as far as uh, the openness and uh, but to uh, I felt really I wanted to do good you know I really wanted to try to do good obviously for myself and then obviously using all my pork products you know um, my Smithfield products and then obviously my brisket snicker farms and great brisket snicker farms but I felt good man um, I just you know I cooked I always feel like I. I took my best, and then I, I just stepped away and said, hey, man, I did the best that I could for that day, you know, and, and I just felt good about it. I mean, and I was I was a little more serious. I mean, I'm, not, I'm always serious, but I felt like, you know, I was really kind of lazy. You know, as you know, I'm a one-man team, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm constantly, you know, um, I constantly have stuff to do, you know. So, but I was, as I was cooking, as I was going through my process, you know, making sure that, you know. You got the best of the best of there, you know, from all over the country, man, and, um, you know, I just wanted to try to do the best I could, so I felt good about every category I turned in, you know, um, and it, it and it and it worked out that way too. I mean, I mean, chicken. I thought um, I'm getting on a kick of doing uh, legs and wings and putting both in the box. I mean, and it, it it got down to me just measuring. You know, I did some practice cooks at home. Um, I did some down in Harper, Kansas, at a cook off um, a few weeks before the American Royal, and I get I got six, but I got like a 178 on my chicken. So that's that's good. I knew it was good. Great chicken the marinade. I have it was a twelve-hour marinade. Um, it was just it was a good chicken, and and I knew that when I cooked the chicken this weekend, even though it was like two hundred, low two hundreds, it was great chicken. But what it was was that 
normally when I cook chicken rip, um, I knew that I had to be around 200 degrees internal temperature for that chicken to be like, has the same consistency as baked chicken, you know, just just smooth. And it's and melting your mouth but not dry. And that's, for, for me, when especially when you're cooking legs and wings, it's got to be that way. And and I kind of ran chewing on time, and, and the total temperature, I got up to about 193, and I just felt like that wasn't enough for the thigh, I mean, for the leg and wing to be where it's at. And you could tell by that by letting it sit for about 10, 20 minutes, to let it get cold, and then come back to it and try it again. And it should have that same tender as a cool down, melt in your mouth, and it didn't have that. It was kind of tight, kind of got snug on me, and I knew right there and there. The flavor was there. It's just I knew that it can, I mean, texture-wise, it just wasn't there. So, you know, um, I thought, you know, and I, I don't know what my uh, my internal temperature, I mean, as far as my taste, the numbers they gave me, I just looked at the score, and it was like a 167, 168, you know, but that's okay with a smart contest. That would that would give you probably um, low teens, um, you know, like 13, 14, something like that. Um, but in a, in a fit with all these great cooks here, that's just not good enough. I mean, you have to be in the mid set 170s to even be close to the top 10 or be in the top 10. And then with the ribs, you know, I felt like I felt so good rib that I got back on my game. I used to do really good in ribs back in the day. Same thing with pork shoulder. And I really wanted to do better. I just kind of been just, 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 just slipping, man. And for, for a long time, as far as not being dialed in on my ribs and pork. And I really sp- spent a lot of time trying to get that game back and, and I felt like that rib, when I turned it in, it was money. I knew that it was just tender. It, I mean, it had the great texture. It wasn't overcooked. It wasn't undercooked. It was just moist, tender. And I thought the flavor was great. And what it was, I made up a couple sauces with my sauce, and I added a few different things to it. Um, and I took it over to my buddy Tuffy. You know, and I normally don't ask nobody has an opinion. I mean, I just don't. I mean, it's just one of those things. I know what's good and what's not good. But since he's a good friend of mine, he wasn't that far away, I just took a little, put a little drizzle and two little little pieces of foil, and I ran them over there real quick. And I kind of asked him his opinion, you know, because I really respect him, and he's a good friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. And he tried both of them, and he was just like, you could tell his, the look of the sauce was awesome. And he was just like, dude, he, you could tell his face was like, damn. He said, that's money. And so he said both of them were awesome, and one was hotter than the other. And I always felt like, you know, I need a little, I'm, I kind of, I want a little pop in my sauce and a little pop in my in my rubs. And it was, it was, it was a little pop. So, uh, he told me, you know, man, I would mix both. And I did, I mixed both of them 50, 50, They're both my sauces, but I both, one has like red pepper jelly from like what you get at the grocery store and, uh, mixed with my sauce and a couple of other things. And that was it. And I mixed the two sauces together and, and I, I tasted it. I was like, dude, this is money. And I, and I, and I, and I glazed the ribs and just set the sauce and I just had that great look to them and, Boom! I ended up getting six in ribs, which is the best I've ever done. Never, ha- never got my name called at the American Royal. Felt great. Um, pork was seventy-eight, um, which out of five hundred and sixty teams, yeah. it was there. You know, it was like a one seventy-two, one seventy-three. So, and then brisket was great too. I love brisket. I do great. That's kind of one of my stronger categories. But it just, um, I tried something a little different um, as far as putting in the sauce with the brisket, and it just didn't work out. It, uh, the flavor just wasn't wasn't there where I felt like it had too much of a roast beef, which I'm not that kind of guy. I like the Texas style flow and I, it was all right. It was good brisket. It just, you know, also, it's also a crapshoot going on the table, but that's about it, man. I, I thought it was a good cook. Mo Kaysan joining me here on the show, recapping uh, the past weekend at the American Royal. Uh, but let me ask you to back out just for one second. You said you've worked with Smithfield here for the last couple of years. And I think everybody's kind of familiar with the brand 
but especially as it comes to the competition scene and I guess the barbecue scene in general over the last maybe 12, 13 months, it seems they've made a real big press on becoming uh, a lot more brand aware at these competitions and maybe not like trying to make money off of uh, barbecue, but it, it appears from somebody kind of looking in that they're looking at investing into barbecue and certainly two different things. Uh, what do you like about the Smithfield product? And, and there's a lot of internet banner back and forth about Smithfield this and, you know, another pork person that. Uh, I mean, as somebody who uses it and has probably used everything, what do you, why do you choose to use Smithfield versus some of the other stuff? For me personally, um, they, they approached me uh, three years ago and, um, you know, I looked at it at first as a financial opportunity and, uh, and, and, and uh, I used the at the time I used the ribs, um, the enhanced ribs. Um, I got my 180 back in the day on those on those ribs, and um, um, now everybody's using the enhanced ribs. I mean, you know that's what it is. But um, I felt like when when I, you know I've been dealing with them for three years, and everything they have done with me, and then also with Tuffy, it's been top shelf. I mean, they're real professional. They're great people. Um, they say what they mean. They do what they say, um, and uh, the product was 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 really really good, you know. And they've got a line which is the prime, which is actually it's a, it's a Duroc brine uh, a line, and you know they flew me out to the plant, man. I'm I'm from Iowa, and we all about the pork in Iowa, <laughs> and I've been through various plants, right? and I'm saying the whole operation was just top shelf. They got everything down to a science. Genetically, uh, how they how they care about the animal for the whole process and its whole life, and it was just it was just I'm seriously I mean even on the kill floor, I was watching these animals and everything was 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 peaceful, you know what I mean? You ain't got a bunch of hogs screaming and hollering. I mean stressing. You don't have that. Even they even cons- take in consideration the well being of the animal as that animal is getting ready to to end his, get his life ended to to make you know to get processed. And, and I was just I was just stunned. You know, and you know, and, and me, Tuffy, and we're both through the whole the whole process, and, and it was just incredible. And and that's how they they operate. You know, dealing with the marketing team, and yes, they have stepped up and wanted to um, in, increase their uh, visibility because you know, basically, they deal in basically commodity type pork. I mean, they're into like the grocery stores, and that's about it. They never focused on the competition world, you know, and you know, and that's why they approached Tuffy and I. Is because there is a world there, and there's an opportunity for them to further their brand in that aspect, you know. Because there's a lot of great pork companies out there, but uh, you know, Smithfield is, is is a powerhouse. They knew that all they had to do was make a small adjustment in one direction, and they're going to be King Kong. And that's what they was. I mean, that, that was the whole talk was weekend rep was Smithfield, Smithfield. You know, the way they operate, the way they they have the the legs to do what they need to do to step barbecue in a, in a in a bigger and wider uh, uh stance um as far as contributing to to the culture uh, mo let's stay with the branding just for a second and you know you've been ponderosa i actually have the ponderosa barbecue shirt on that you sent me years ago on tonight and uh, so i mean that's been the team name for years but it seems that you know your name mo Kason and, and the face and the personality and the cigar and you know all that stuff uh, is kind of the, the bigger and more powerful brand right now you mo Kason versus the ponderosa barbecue have you thought about getting away from ponderosa and just becoming like mo Kason barbecue or is it kind of hand in glove on that direction like what do you think about that 
Yeah, I mean, when I started competing, you know, Ponderosa, man, man, that's my neighborhood, man. I'm calling you right now from the Ponderosa. This is kind of like the OT Cats. You know, I grew up in, in, in I grew up, I live in the hood. And I mean, the sense that this is, this is, I mean, not the sense that it's bad. It's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's just the Ponderosa. The old school, old school cats called the Ponderosa. So it's just getting my respect to my family and my friends. You know, that's, that's why I call it the Ponderosa. And so, but I knew as far as, you know, the, the opportunity that were happening for me, uh, for branding, you know, I needed to um, make a change to Mocason because it opens up other opportunities. Um, Ponderosa is great. It's who I am. I always keep that. You know, I think you got my ring. That's who it is. But and I don't ever forget where I'm coming from. But the Mocason is, is an opportunity. When people think about barbecue, then, you know, when it comes to restaurants or whatever, Mocason. I mean, people say Ponderosa, Ponderosa, okay, what's Ponderosa? But when you say Mocason, you know that, that that's me. That, that identifies me. People make a quick uh, understanding, okay, that's Big Mo, and, and call it good. Mo Kaysan can be found at PonderosaBBQ.com. Uh, Mo, really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, brother. All right, there he is, Mo Kaysan. I figured, you know, at some point, Ponderosa, uh, paying respect or not, I mean, that guy's made a name for himself because of his name and, and the personality and his ebullient nature. I mean, he is, uh, if you've never met him in person, I mean, and I have, uh, bigger bigger in life than on television even believe it or not all right folks let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker gang pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes temperature control fire management what woods to buy who needs the hassle might i strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker the pit barrel makes cooking simple and fun and it might be the most unique versatile cooker available on the market today imagine a cooker that turns out the great traditional stuff like brisket and pork shoulders can also ramp up and tempt to do the burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility, all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie, if you will. The result is great-tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. In the industry, we call that consistency. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It can withstand heat, and thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrels stand up to any type of weather condition. Extremely portable, can fit in the the back of most vans, trucks, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Best part, for $300 or $299, the pit barrel comes fully assembled, and it's ready to cook on. And it ships free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free... But with so few returns, everything they sell ships for free at the lower 48 continental states each and every day. No promo or coupon code needed. Of course, it's got all the accessories that you want. The rubs, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates. It's got a full line of accessories to really complete the pit barrel experience. But don't take my word for it. Amazing Ribs raves about it. It's gotten their highest rating award three years in a row their gold division award they say and i quote we're simply running out of good things to say about this affordable cooker there's nothing else like it on the market close quote head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com and see what everybody's talking about be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos shot in the high definition then pick up one or two for yourself you'll thank me later If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222.
1222. And yes, they'll actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. PitBarrelCooker.com. All right, stay cook. Closing the show. Stand by. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to the show. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. This past weekend in Texas, the SCA held their national finals to crown a steak cooking champion. And after the smoke cleared, tragic pun intended, Poncho and Lefty Steaks ran away with the whole damn thing. So let's welcome in Roland Escobedo and Justin Swaim to the show. Gentlemen, welcome in, and uh, let me talk to you quickly before we, I guess, recap the steak cooking. Uh, And Roland, we'll start with you. A little background about you and if, uh, like, live fire cooking has been something you've been around all your life. Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, cooking my whole life has been a family tradition for my grandfather and dad and all my brothers growing up. Um, something we always did, getting together as a family. Um, but, yeah, I've been cooking, you know, since I was 22 years old. I'm thirty, almost 39 now. Um, it's just something we love to do, and cooking over an open flame mesquite Santa Maria grill is probably our favorite thing to do. Um, but that's kind of kind of how we started. Uh, Justin, how about you? Uh, yeah, uh, Poncho and Lefty Steaks uh, started uh, last September, September 2015, at the uh, Red Raider Meat Cook-Off in Lubbock, Texas. And um, since then, uh, Roland and I have lived 300 miles apart. And uh, since then, we've moved closer together, and we live two miles apart. So we've been practicing over the last year and just kind of honing it in. And um, uh, it's kind of just taken off from there. So do you guys move closer to each other because of the steak love, or it just happened to be serendipitous at the same time? Uh, we're both from uh, Sanger, Texas, and uh, Justin had moved away for work to Lubbock, and uh, it was kind of hard really cooking together and trying to meet somewhere in the middle or me driving there or him driving this way, and I guess he made a better decision for work and came back home, and it just worked out better for the both of us, and it seemed like we uh, – you know, struck gold this past weekend um, after we got to tweak some things together over the last few weeks and uh, hit a couple of cook-offs to get things ready and finalized, and then we went went to the uh, championship and did pretty good. Uh, Justin, are you guys competitive barbecue cooks as well, or is it just steak? Uh, it, it, it's um, mainly ahead, steak. We did the yeah, it's mainly steak. We did the uh, uh, a few of the cook-offs, the, the barbecue cook-offs, uh, the Red Raider meat. Uh, cook-off in Lubbock, Texas is a combination steak cook-off and KCBS barbecue cook-off. Um, we're, we, we, we finished fifth place in ribs last year at the cook-off and, uh, this year we didn't do very well, but, uh, as far as competitive barbecue and it's not something we do very often, we do it maybe once or twice, you know, over the whole year. Uh, Roland, how did you guys get introduced to SCA? Is it something you saw on the paper? Did you just kind of hear about it or see it on the internet? 
Well, we uh, started cooking competition steak in 2009 with uh, oh. Road Trip Inc. And uh, our first cook-off was in uh, Ico, Texas, where the steak cook-off. And um, we got fourth place there. Uh, so that kind of got us hooked into it. And that was way before SBA was a thing. Um, during those times, we actually cooked against Brett Galloway um, with his team, uh, USA Cook Team and stuff. And, you know, we kind of competed against each other. And later on, he got away from that and got into the SCA and developed the whole uh, organization. And I think it's just a great organization to be in. And we decided to join and get into it because it made it better for the overall sport of state cooking to, uh, you know, kind of standardize the judging and, and make uh, everything more consistent through the judging process. And it really helped the sport out uh, because before it was really kind of crazy and didn't know what to expect from judges. Um, so, Brett Galloway and, and the SCA did a great job in making that happen and pull, pulling this all together and making it the great organization it is today. Uh, Justin, talk to me about uh, the grills that you used, and have you seen a grill evolution since 2009 when you had started to what you guys are using currently? Uh, yeah, we, we, we first started, um, we, we cooked with a Santa Maria grill, and you know, since then, one of the one of the big things that uh, that that has kind of come on with the SCA is uh, using the PK grills. The PK grills have, you know, you've been able to be a little more consistent with the heat, um, and and that's been a huge thing. Uh, most most all the guys in the competition now use a, a PK grill, and yeah, since then, you know, since since the SCA started since 2013, the PK grill has been the been the big thing to use it seems is it uh is it suggested that you use that or is it one of those things where you see a lot of the other uh, steak cooks that are doing well use it so everybody else is kind of like i'm going to use it too how does that thought go down well one of the one of the things that kind of got it started was um pk grills kind of up the ante at some of the cook-offs by by adding in a 500 hundred dollar bonus to the winner or the highest place uh finishing team that used the PK grill so I think that's what really got everybody started and kind of opened their eyes to the PK grill but you know people have been successful on on other types of grills as well Uh, but that's kind of how that kind of got started seems. Uh, Roland talk to me about fuel are you uh, lump guys are you briquette guys are you a mix of both what's the deal? No uh, ever since we changed everything is as far as our rub and, and things we've been doing, we've stayed pretty consistent with what we're using. We're using a PK grill with grill grates over Kingsford professional charcoal, and that's pretty much it. Um, that's kind of the thing that we do, and that's what we have had a, a really good success over the last few months with, and, and I don't think we're going to change because <laughs> – we did pretty good Saturday with it, and there's there's no need to change something that works. So talk to uh, me. That's, that's kind of what we use. Yeah, talk to me about um, is it consistency with the briquette that you're getting? And consistency, I mean, like you, you can count on it being uniform size. You know how it's going to react. You know, typically lump is yeah. uh, thought to burn much hotter, less ash, but it's a little bit more inconsistent or a little bit more volatile when it comes to the burn. Right. I, I've definitely found that the lump is, is so inconsistent. You know, I'd have, we'd get it going one time and it'd be, you know, 700 and another time it'd be 500 or whatever. But just about every time when you get the Kingsford professional charcoal pieces going and get them gray and, and you know, that ashed over look, I will uh, 
use my heat temp gauge on the grill grates and it'll be right at 650 every time for us and that's what we like to cook at uh, that's the temperature we like to throw the steak on and it, it's just right spot on about every time we cook on it so um, I think that that uh, that really helps your cook right there just having that consistency with that charcoal Justin, talk to me about the you know pre-grilling process, uh, and obviously everybody's using uh, ribeye cuts because that's what the the cut of choice is there at the it's the, well that's the only choice you have. But uh, talk to me about like how early in advance you rub it, and do you do anything crazy to it prior to hitting the fire? Yeah, sure. And you it starts off with uh, kind of the luck of the draw with uh, the, with the uh, ribeye competition. You know, you draw numbers for the order that the teams pick in. And um, I'm usually the one that draws, you know, draws the poker chip and draws us like right around the back of the pack. So we get the last of the picks. But uh, <laughs> this time we kind of lucked out and I drew 11 and uh, we got to pick early. So, you know, it kind of starts with picking the cut. Um, they, they provide the meat, these cook offs. So, um, you know, we, we, you know, picking out the, be- the best cuts, you know, is, is kind of the first step. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then from there, um, you know, we, we trim the steaks and, and kind of get them into the shape we like and, and uh, put them into um, our, our special marinade and, and let that set for a little while. And, um, you know, about probably 30 minutes to an hour before we're ready to grill, we pull it out, uh, get the steaks dried off really well, and then uh, put on uh, the, the poncho and lefty rub on it and uh, get it on the grill. Uh, do you try and keep it as uh, cool as possible, or do you, uh, on the opposite side of that, try and let it get up to whatever room temperature is outside in, in order to give it that even cook? Yeah, we've we've tried it both ways, and uh, we we feel like uh, you know letting the steak kind of kind of come up to ambient temperature uh, is, is the best way. So it's not you know it's not kept in the cooler till the very end. All right, Roland. So at 650 degrees, uh, you got your steak ready, the grill's ready. Talk to me about you know timing and process and when you know it's done and, and ready to go. Well, to get those beautiful grill marks from the grill grates, we have you know about four placements of the steak so you know uh when we first throw it on um it's about a minute and a half if it's about a inch and a quarter steak and we flip it again so it's about a a minute and a half a total of about a six minute cook time and we pull it off and of course we got to let it rest uh for a good amount of time i think that's the biggest key is letting it rest so with a good six minute you know cook time six and a half it's a little bit of a thicker steak maybe seven um, that's kind of what we shoot for. And then, um, pulling off, letting it rest a good while and, um, you know, go from there and just keep probing it with our thermopin and, and, uh, see, you know, hopefully it hits that perfect temperature. And usually when we get it to the spot we wanted that, it turns out pretty good. So, you know, it, it's, it's different when I talk to the pit masters here on this show, they do all the seasoning and stuff and then they cook it and then they don't taste it until, maybe 25 or, or 30 minutes after they've run it to the tent, and, and they're kind of hoping that they're experiencing that food along with the judges. And it's cool, right? I mean, anything that sits out 15, 20 minutes, and I would imagine similar stuff with your steak here. So, like, what temperature are you trying to get it to on the grill, and then what temperature do you think you're kind of tasting it at, or, you know, what kind of a – is it, like, lukewarm or, or kind of cool when you're actually tasting it to try and gauge where you're – gonna place right yeah when we uh have most success with is pulling it off uh when it hits about 132 um on the grill um at that point is when we put it off and put it in a oil pan and kind of cover it up and let it sit a little bit um 
and then we let our you know we cook two steaks and then pick the best so we cook our first one let it sit a while and then we cook our favorite one that we picked um from the earlier process we would pick our favorite one we cook that one second and then hopefully that it doesn't mess up or nothing bad happens but we have that backup sitting there so after we cook that second one we prep it if we really like it we take it and turn it in so that total amount of time with the first one sitting there is about that 20 minute time span so we're I think we're experiencing pretty much pretty close to what the, you know, the judges are going to be getting. And at that point it is, it is, it is kind of cool. It's really not too warm anymore. It's probably a good lukewarm, like you said. So um, I think that's pretty close to what the judges are going to experience. Uh, Justin in competition barbecue, you know, you're looking at one, maybe two bites from a judge to have them render a decision and kind of score you accordingly. So you go over the top on sauces and seasonings to really kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, shock the palate in a good way. Uh, for steak seasoning, is it something that is along a similar vein, or do you really kind of try and keep it simple, salt, pepper, you know, let the steak taste shine through, if you will? Yeah, we, you know, we've tried it both ways. We've we've tried, you know, you know, a lot of flavor on our steak, and then, you know, we, we've simplified it a little bit. And, and uh, with the new rub we've made, it's been a simplified version, and and ever since we've made this this more more simplified version, um, it, it's had great success. You know, over the last uh, seven competitions that we've been in, we've we've had great success with more of a simplified rub, where it's you know more of the taste of the steak and the doneness that, and the texture that and the and the presentation. Uh, I don't know, so I'm going to ask, and uh, whoever wants to answer, go ahead. Do you have like a styrofoam turn-in box, like you would find at a barbecue competition, or is it just kind of like an open platter, or how does that work? It's a it's a styrofoam box that they give us with a little foam uh, uh, sorry a, a foil disc at the bottom. So when they go cut to the steak, it doesn't cut through the box. So but it is just a basic white styrofoam box they give us with this little circular foil disc uh, underneath the steak. All right. So the big question is this: uh, the award-winning first place steak uh, gets you guys 15 G. So not bad for you know uh, six seven minutes of actual cooking time. Uh, no doubt about it. That's a good payday. Uh, do you guys split it right down the middle, or does Roland get 80 percent and Justin gets 20 percent, or how does the cut work? No, sir. It's right down the middle. We're we're a team. We're together on this. It's Poncho and Lefty. So um, it's going you know half and half. Do I want to know where the name came from? Unless our wives say differently. Unless uh, our wives say differently. Yeah, right. <laughs> then it's happy wife, happy life. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, right. where, does the, where does the name Poncho and Lefty come from? Well, um, I'm Hispanic, so we just kind of went with that, and Justin's left-handed, and uh, just kind of <laughs> hit us one day, and that's what we went with. <laughs> so I don't want to argue about... Uh, Latin pronunciations of vowels, but shouldn't your last name be Escobedo? Uh, it's actually Escobedo, oh. but oh, it goes either way in English. <laughs> yeah, well, however I'm, you want to mispronounce it. Being so. an English guy, I'll just continue to butcher it because I'm an idiot. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, That's okay. Roland Escobedo and Justin Swaim are your SCA national champs. Fifteen grand to the good. Justin and Roland, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having us. All right, there they are. Your national stake champions if you need them.
man, I didn't want to, I don't know them good enough to be like, hey, dudes, just spill your guts on what's in that steak rub because I want to use it in my next, like, steak cook at home, right? I mean, who doesn't want to use the award-winning steak cook? I do. Is that for sale? Roland, are you still listening? Is that shit for sale? Or Justin? I couldn't tell if if they were going to sell that or if it's for sale or what. You know everybody wants that steak rub, right? Of course. All right. Let's get ready to wrap up. You know this item that I'm about to tell you about was hot and heavy all over the American Royal like of the crazy. It's the NBBQA 2015 and 16 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. From backyard cooks like me to caterers and restaurant chefs, the power injector is right for you. The number one seller is the Half Gallon Chops Power Injector System. Designed for the competition guy or to pump up the backyard warrior. So easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you just have one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon chopped power injector system. Double the size of the half-gallon, right? That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. The newest one is the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. This one doesn't have a holding tank, but instead has a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he said time and time again, that with the Chopsville Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3 plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 325 bucks plus. You pay the shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Here's the thing. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. You can also uh, inject alcohol into a fruit if you want. You want grain alcohol and watermelon? Light up the Chops Power Injector, son. You want extra accessories? They got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices? They got you covered for that. They have two, three, four inch 12 gauge needles. They also have two inch clothes tip needles. Perfect for shooting that fatty meat. Chops Power Injector System. Give your barbecue power. Some power. Go to the website, Barbecue Kansas City. B A R B E Q U E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. I'm telling you right now, once you try the Chops Power Injector System, regardless of size, you're going to be like, how the hell did I used to inject with one needle? Forget it. All right. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. 
All right, welcome back. I'm also thinking about going to the NBBQA. I could probably get, like, media credentials. When is that? Fort Worth. Is that the one in March? Yeah, March. Okay. I think I might do that. I think we all know I'm full of shit. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm thinking about doing it. Have to see what the volleyball schedule looks like. I would like to do it. I think there would be enough show material for me to go down there for a couple days. Maybe do one live, three-hour show every day. I can get enough people to fill that. If Doug and, if Doug and AI are going to be there, I know we could do that. Let's tentatively book that, as they say. All right, let's wrap up the show right here. All the way back in the first hour, Ray Lampy was on drbbq.com. Then we talked with the 2016 American Royal Invitational Champions, David and Bethany McAllister, 913 Barbecue, your invitational reigning champs. Then at 1014, we talked with Mo Kaysan. His experience at the American Royal and uh, Smithfield and some other things. His name branding. And then at 10.35, we talked with the SCA National Champions in stake. Yeah, we did it. Roland Esgobedo and Justin Swain. Awesome. All right. Got a great show for you planned already next week. Uh, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Go Tribe, good night now.